everybody. This is Ashley. This is Karen. And this is The Musicals. Karen, how have you been? I have been good. We are now in the new year. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that the calendar flipping over has made a huge difference, but you know what has made a huge difference? I was just noticing it this morning is the days are getting longer. The day length, we're about a month out from the solstice and it, you can actually see the day length, like sunlight. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, I am too. It's been a really pleasant winter. I mean, honestly. I think so. We've had um, a fair amount of snow, like we've had snowstorms, but nothing that has like been exceptional in terms of sticking around. Like it seemed like it snowed and then over the course of a week, it all melted away. But sure. It's, it's been pretty mild, in my opinion. No negative highs. So that is awesome. That's true. That's true. I don't even know if we've been negative yet. I don't think we have, actually. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. Did you have a nice holiday and New Year? Yes. Again, because of uh, COVID and not taking vacation through the year, I had time off to burn at the end of the year. So I took two weeks off at the end and enjoyed myself and ate tons of Christmas cake and watched a ton of TV. It nice. Nice. I know my husband is glad that the Christmas break is over because we painted three rooms and we hung stuff on the walls and we bought new rugs. And like, I've been in this house for almost a year now and I'm just, I needed a change. Yeah. And um, so a lot of things changed around here. I just got a standing desk like oh, nice. last weekend. Excellent. So there's so much that's changing right now. And my husband is glad that we're done with that. Yeah, I had a nice break too. And I had a bunch of time, but I didn't take it all off in a big chunk. Like I hadn't worked a Friday in months. Uh -huh. um, so now this might be, no, last week was the first five full, five full days or something like that. So it was a little rough to adjust to, but uh, back at the grindstone, right? Exactly. Um, did you see anything good over the break? Um, nothing in, like, I just binge watch a lot on Amazon Prime and a lot of just shows, a lot of, like, British mystery shows um, and uh, re-watching some PBS shows as well, too. But nothing in particular that I said, I would say, oh, my goodness, you have to watch that again. I did watch uh, uh, several adaptations of Jane Austen books. So it was a lot of comfort viewing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I watched a bunch of clips of things, but I ended up, I don't know if you've ever seen OK Go. You, the, uh, the group? Yeah. With the treadmills? Yes. But they have yeah. so many other um, yeah. videos. I definitely went down that rabbit hole uh -huh. and have watched way too many of those videos, yeah. but they're very cool. They are. I, uh, I, I clearly remember like, here we go again. And just how like mind blowing it was because it was so, it was all about choreography and coordination. It wasn't, you know, uh, a bunch of special effects or anything like that. So yeah. which one was that? That's the one with the treadmills. That's that famous one. The one okay. with they go, here we go again. Okay. They have one with the vomit comet upside down and inside out. Yeah. That one's super cool. That's okay. the one that got me hooked. And then they have one with umbrellas. I can't remember what it is, but like it's drone and it goes super high up. It's very okay. cool. Then they have another one with like um, printers, like a wall of printers and they print out, uh, it's very 
they're all very cool. There was another one that's called like writing on the wall or something and they just move the camera and like things appear. I don't know. I went down this huge okay go rabbit hole. Okay, I'm going to look this up then. Yeah, yeah. The vomit comet one is very cool, especially, I mean, you and I have science backgrounds, so I was trying to analyze it in my head, knowing that they couldn't be in zero gravity the whole time. Well, uh-huh, you yeah. can see where they return to gravity and then yeah. where they don't. It's very cool. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> tangent. We are well-rounded individuals who enjoy all sorts of performing arts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I even watched all the performances of the inauguration yesterday and found that very cool. I did not. I was at work like on campus and uh, so I did not get to watch. And then um, I was just kind of emotionally drained, I think, from the day. So I didn't watch any of the um, uh, like rerun, is that the correct word, rebroadcast. But I did see clips like I, I saw the oaths being taken and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, there were definite like big performances like Lady Gaga showed up in this dress that was way too big to be like walking up and down stairs a dove with her dove with her olive branch. I mean, yeah. she's always great. Yeah. Uh, I thought JLo was amazing. Okay. I, I actually really liked that she broke into Spanish for a uh -huh. little bit. Thought that was really cool. And then they had a young um, the poet, the yeah. poet laureate she was on and she was phenomenal to watch. It was a performance and I actually watched something later in the day um, Anderson Cooper like interviewed her and uh -huh. she's so eloquent and well-spoken and I mean she called it a performance she's like when I was getting ready for my performance which is what it was uh -huh. um, Amanda something I can't remember her yeah um, like uh, Gormley or Gorm, Gorm. Gorman yeah that sounds right yeah. yeah it's like everyone else knows what it is right now but us yeah um, but it was cool. And then like Garth Brooks came out and he sang Amazing Grace. And then I, as hokey as it was, he's like, I want everybody to sing it with me, even the people at home. And I was like, this is actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I neglected to turn in last night um, to the uh, fireworks and Katy Perry and all that. Uh-huh. So yeah. Yeah. Because that was, yeah. Katy Perry, John Legend, Foo Fighters. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it then. Yeah. 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 I, I will say it was it was very cool and um, I have two young daughters so it was really cool to see a woman be sworn in as vice president. Um, I mean just it was cool. Uh, like I said I, I've had I had a kid sick at home yesterday so we watched it together. It was nice. <laughs> but other than that I haven't seen a lot of performances or done too much viewing I guess. I've been reading lately. I haven't read a book in a long time we won't talk about that okay we won't yeah it's uh it's behind and i'm reading harry potter like one book at a time and then i watch the, the movie and okay. then i that guy who's like oh that's not how the book went yeah <laughs> i um i used to be a uh, um a big avid reader i i used to read a lot and then somewhere along the lines um i stopped reading and i've started like I start books now, and if it doesn't like catch my attention, I just end up dropping them and moving on. And time is too like the point I'm at in my life. I'm like time is precious, and I don't have time to waste it on stupid books. So. Uh, agree. I have a required reading that's been sitting around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 
Hi there. Just wanted to take a quick moment to ask you to subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you're listening. Rate us and review us, and that helps other listeners find us and also lets us know what it is you like about our podcast. Find us on Facebook at Demusicals or email us at desmusicals at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about the shows that we've reviewed or recommend a show for us to watch, and we'd be happy um, to take your input. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. This time we decided to watch Falsettos on Broadway HD. Yes. And you gave me two choices. I don't remember what the other one was. 42nd Street. Okay. And I chose Falsettos because it had Andrew Rannells in it. And I like Andrew Rannells. Yes. That was the decision behind picking Falsettos. Quick synopsis, okay? Yes, quick it synopsis, is please. set in two years, essentially 1979 and then 1981. So the first half is in 1979, the second half is in 1981. And Falsettos, the musical, is uh, a, actually a combination of three mini musicals. Um, they were performed in different time periods in the sense of they were released in different time periods. And then they all got combined together into what we now know as falsettos. So that's a little bit of background. I did and not know that. I, I, I looked it up. This is all thanks to Wikipedia. Thank um, you. So it revolves around a family and how the family grows in different um, manners. And you have your immediate family, which is a husband, a wife, and a son. And then the husband comes out to the wife and says that he is gay. And you get the addition of um, uh, his partner. And the uh, husband and wife go to counseling. And the counselor um, falls in love with the wife. And so you get the addition of him to the family. And then later on in the second act, you have the addition of two female characters, one neighbors, and how life revolves out for them. And if you think of the timing of the year, you know, central themes are going to be, uh, one of the central themes is going to be HIV and AIDS, because it, I mean, you know, 79 and then 81 as well too. So that's a very high level synopsis. What did I think about it? I... It was very heavy. Like I watched it and I have thought about it on and off since. And I don't know what to think. And you you always say you enjoy a thinker, you enjoy a thinker. And it's not dark because I th- feel like saying it, something was dark, you have that slight edge of lack of reality when something is dark. Whereas this was, I say heavy because it, it was all a little too real. Like um, every character I think about, ex- with the exception of the two neighbors, I, I, I've thought very little about them really, um, is like, how did, the, how did their life turn out after this ended? Like what happens with the little boy? He, he like, how old is he now? You know, he was like 13 or 14 at the time in 1981 and how what is he now he's now an older man what does that mean what happened to the father what happened to the wife did that second marriage work out for the wife 
so many feelings, Ashley. <laughs> so I don't know. What did you think? Well, Karen, I, uh, hmm. I think you liked it better than I did. Really? Yep, I do. Love it. Mm, I thought I was gonna love it too. Uh, I don't know. It started with a weird intro. Like it was this. Yes. There were these interludes every now and again where the four male characters would do like some different thing, like March of the Falsettos, and like they came out yes. as aliens and they came out as pharaohs. Like I didn't get it. I don't know how that helped me. It, it took me out of it and I was really confused. Yeah. So that didn't help. But it did dive like right into the drama. Yes. Like act one, drive right in. But I found, I found act one to be pretty self-indulgent. Like it yes. was all about Marvin. Yes. Marvin, Marvin, Marvin. He wants everything. He yes. wants his wife and his kid and his relationship with his therapist and obviously his lover he wants all of that and he wants it all to live and it's it seems very much about him yes. and what he wants and it didn't really take into account the other characters I mean that evolves as it goes but it seemed super indulgent and I really struggled in act one yes I will say act one so the set was pretty minimalist at it's least fun. in act one yeah. There was this giant cube of like foam shapes, basically. Correct. And I was really drawn to it because I was trying to figure out what was happening. And I mean, I've thought about the cube a lot since. So uh, they take it apart and they sit on it and they move it and it becomes chairs and it becomes a table and it becomes a lot of things. And so the actors are actually moving it themselves. There's no like stagehands or anything. But I may be reading too much into this, but it seemed like a, a big symbolism on stage, right? So it, we start out with his life all together and then it gets more and more fractured. Yeah. And there were parts where like the sun would push it apart. Like he was illustrating physically that things are getting worse or something like that. Um, I also found it very curious and the first, first act, all of the players were on stage the whole time. Right. Um, in the second act, they were not. They came and went. Yeah. Um, but in the first act, if you were watching, you could see that the sun was was watching all of this happen. Yes. And that also, to me, was some sort of symbolism right. where um, even though the adults thought that they were having these conversations separate, it was still very much impacting his life and he was seeing how this worked out. And that was the heavy part. That's the part that, um, again, like it seemed it was very close to reality and there was no comic relief at all. Like there was, I felt it was a very tense performance and there were a couple of chuckles through the performance. But even with that, I felt like that was, well, it was supposed to break up the tension, but it didn't break up the tension. There was definitely no comic relief. There was no um court jester and you know character to kind of bring comedy into that there was a tiny bit in terms of the psychologist mendel like he he will he provided a little bit of a reprieve but even with that reprieve he carried a lot of baggage coming from this family like joining into this family as well too like he was still having to deal with fallout as well too and so it was um i think 
the other issue was to think back to what it was like during that time, because it was set in 7981, but the original release of all of them was in 1991, and it was a completely different time period. And to think about not look at this through the lens of 2021, where like, AIDS is not, I mean, AIDS is still a crisis, but there is medication. It was a death sentence at that time. And to look at it where that was concerned or think about like homophobia or think about um, a, a child having a parent who was gay and how it was a different time point. And I think that weighed heavy on me as well too. It's thinking about all the extra baggage of, life around as well too like how how that unfolds as well and so it's not my reaction is not one that I'm going to be like oh you have to go see this there was also no dialogue everything was sung through mm -hmm. and so um, that was also a bit challenging like after like the first 10 minutes I realized oh I really got to focus on what they're saying otherwise I'm going to miss everything um I feel like it was the whole, like the intro, not the intro, but the first um, musical number where they were dressed up as Israelites. I, I think that was something from the time, like that was about performances from the time, like that having a little bit of the absurd in there. I don't know. Like I haven't seen a recent musical that has something that seems so like out of place to what they were talking about, but um yeah, I think I was like, is this the style of that time? We did see that. What was that in Holiday Inn where they had the breaks? Or was that not Holiday Inn? What was that one? Oh, it was uh, One Man, Two Governors. They had that break. Oh, yes, you're right. Yep. You're, yeah, I forgot about that. Where they had the interlude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting that you talk about um, the timing and the, and the how they react to the characters, right? So... I would, I don't know, but I would think in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, being gay would be pretty um, taboo, right? And so right. it seemed very um, accepted and granted, I mean, it was just a look at the very nuclear family here, um, but even like going to a therapist seems very forward thinking to me yeah. for the 70s. But again, I don't, I don't know. So it kind of, made it difficult for me to place it where it was supposed to be. I wanted to place it more in the 2020. So that I think has to do with, um, I gather that it was set in New York. And so it being that cosmopolitan urban environment, then being ahead of the curve. That's true. What um, allowed me to um, accept that as well too. That's true. Um, I did struggle a little bit in the second half too, because I wanted to compare it to Rent because oh, they wow. were dealing with some of the same topics. And yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but the I doctor character, yeah. yes, she was from Rent the movie. Right. Um, and I immediately was like, oh, she's, she's Joanne from Rent. Yeah. And yeah that's where my brain went right so then I kind of was melding the two together yeah um, in comparison like rent was more straightforward like that's what I mean by this was a little too rooted in reality 
that's the part that like has made it heavy. Whereas with rent, like how many people do you know are like squatters, you know? That's true. If you just think of that whole basic setting as well too, it kind of um, uh, changes it. Whereas this could be a, a regular family. You could have a, a husband, a wife and a kid and then a person shows up and is like, I'm out you know uh, so that was kind of because I didn't I didn't identify with any of the characters um, none of their life experiences reflect any of my own and so there wasn't one that um, I, I could relate to um, but there were aspects where it was one like points where I could like think about in terms of the wife saying her father saying you're gonna marry this man and she just did as she was told and not that I mean that's not a direct copy of my <laughs> life at all but like the whole idea of yes sometimes you just do stuff you're told you know, mm-hmm. that's what you got to do um uh the um whole relationship with the son having somebody encroaching in on his family and like, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. And there's this whole new person and I'm supposed to accept them. What how does this work? So mm-hmm. it was too, the, the biggest thing with this was it was too real. That was, it made it, it was very heavy for me. And uh, there was no happy ending. They just ended it very abruptly. And mm-hmm. um, th- there was no, it didn't end hopeful. I guess that's my other thing that makes me sad about it is I did not feel hopeful for any of those characters. Well, no, and you didn't know what happened to the main character at the end because yep. you assume that he will also get sick, but yep, exactly. that was not covered. Yep, yeah. I think one of the issues, I, I think you're right. I think it was heavy. I think it was very real. However, one of the issues I had that kept me from connecting it was I didn't find any of the characters really, I don't know if likable is the right word, but I didn't feel anything towards those characters. No, I agree. I was not rooting for anybody. Like um, there were uh, certain points, like I, at first I could not stand Wizard. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is a jerk. And then uh, later on, I, um, felt better about him. I don't think it was simply because of his situation, but I just felt like the way he embraced Jason, the son, yeah. uh, warmed him up towards me. Uh, Marvin, I'm like, you are just, a, like you said, yeah, super self-indulgent, Yeah, um, things like that. So there was no character where you could get behind and like root for them. And that's, to me, was another reflection of life in not everybody's likable I guess I don't know the other thing that I mean you picked falsettos and I read the description but from the title falsettos I don't know why I thought it was like going to be um heavy uh content like you know thoughtful content but presented in an upbeat manner (laughs) because it was called falsettos (laughs) yeah and that kind of came through with the whole idea of the march of the falsettos is you think life is one way and it's not, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we should mention the cast that we saw. Marvin yeah. was Christian Borrell, who, I don't know if you ever watched Smash. He was on Smash. 
I looked him up and he was married to Sutton Foster. Really? Yes. Yep. I did they, not know that. Yeah. I, I was like, who is this guy? Because he has a super familiar face. And I was like, I know I've seen him around. I never watched Match though. So I must have seen him from so, like um, something else or what. But yeah, he's, he was married to Sutton Foster. I think he's been on a lot of things, but that's what I recognized yes. him from. Yep. And then, of course, Andrew Rannells was Wizard. Yes. Um, and he, he's been around. I think he's probably most famous for um, Elder Price in Book of Mormon. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I like Andrew Rannells a lot. And I, I thought he did a good job. And you're right. Um, maybe part of the reason that I didn't connect with the characters is I didn't buy in any of the relationships. I didn't feel them having a relationship with each other. No, except for the one using each other what both of them were totally using each other yeah like, wizard like, was a moocher and marvin like wanted arm candy yeah but i i did actually feel a relationship between like you said the son yes and wizard at the end yeah. and so that i think endeared me to his character yeah. near the end yeah. I, I also liked watching them play tennis. I, I was trying to figure out how they did that sound effect and how they timed it right. Oh, uh, racquetball, you mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's funny because I uh, was wondering, I was like, do they coordinate their moves? Like, how do they make sure that's not improvised? There's no way that was improvised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Trina was played by Stephanie Block. I thought, so I thought all of the characters were had good singing voices. I enjoyed them. Uh huh. Um, but I, I did like her um, as an actress. I just don't know that I like the character a lot. Yeah, I, I, I know. I agree with that. That's totally fine. So, yes. And then, like you said, Mendel was kind of the comic relief. He was Brandon Uranowitz. And I did enjoy his character. I mean, he was kind of shoe, not shoehorned in, but like he, not in the play, but like in the scenario like right. he kind of came in um and i i liked i kind of liked his relationship with the son as well i did too yes yeah. i thought both of those gentlemen had a better relationship with the son than the than their actual parents or at I, least one that we could see better no. yeah and i feel like for the future mendel was going to offer him uh stability that his own father could not offer him yeah you're right that's right and then the son Jason was played by Anthony Rosenthal. So that was interesting. So I, I um, had, whenever there are child actors in adult shows, I always think about what their parents um, are like, like in the terms of to allow their show, their uh, child to be in an adult show like this. And so that's something I'm not a parent. So I don't know, but I, I often wonder, I'm like, huh, I wonder what like his parents are like to um, allow his child, their child to be in a show that with such heavy material, so. Yeah, I actually thought he did a pretty good job. That's such a, yeah. I mean, he, uh, I don't think relatable is the right word, but um, I could, identify is not the right word either, but he seemed like a child yeah. who was um, rebelling against his parents, trying to figure out what his new normal was. He was likable, um, he was kind of cute. I liked that he was age appropriate, like even yes. in his rebellion, it was very age appropriate rebellion. And even in his songs and monologues, 
it was still very age appropriate. I felt like it wasn't like uh, they didn't do the Dawson's Creek move where suddenly he was talking like, you know, a 20 year old, like with big words and everything. And I appreciated that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the show focused around his bar mitzvah. Yeah. So that kind of helped age him as well, or place his age, I guess. Um, and I think there was even a part where he was like talking about girls and then he's like, oh, am I still going to like girls when I get older? I don't know, because of my dad. So I just thought it was a nice perspective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then the neighbors next door were Tracy Toms and Betsy Wolf. And they were kind of minor characters. Um, the, um, so Tracy's character, I forget, like she was the doctor. And, um, but I didn't quite understand their role. I couldn't figure out what the point of them was. Yeah, it, at the end, they were like, we're a family. Look at the four of us. We're a family now. And I was like, I don't get that. I don't feel that. Yeah. You were the neighbors that are now catering this bar mitzvah. And you just so happen to also be his doctor. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel family-ish to me. But I think that's what they were supposed to be doing. I didn't understand that. And I wonder if that, like that, I wonder if in the original musicals they had bigger roles and then it got condensed down for this one. But I didn't, I did not understand their introduction in the second half at all. No, I, they were not really needed. Yeah, I don't think. I, exactly. Yep. They seemed extra. Um, I did make a note here. I wanted to ask you what you thought of the costumes. Um, I didn't notice a ton of the costumes. I did like the fact that they went like overly 70s. I did notice that the doctor wore uh, polyester and floral shirts or floral pants. I forget. Like I remember seeing florals and thinking that was kind of 70s. And then I noticed that Marvin had like a plaid shirt on and his tie was definitely a 70s tie. Um, that was the only uh, couple of things I noticed. The other, well, no, that's not true. The other thing I noticed where the uh, pants, the men's pants were definitely fitted. And mm -hmm. that is something that I remember, like if, if I look at pictures of my dad from that time point, that was one of the things that it was pants were definitely more fitted pants for men. Um, but I did like that it wasn't like people walking around in bell bottoms or yeah, like Sony's. And um, Jason, the kid looked like any old kid, just regular yeah. kid gear. The one reference that I thought was strange is when he talks about commuting between his parents' house, he referenced a computer. I heard that too. I couldn't, I mean, I would like to go back actually and say, was he saying that the computer was in one person's house? Because they didn't have laptops at the time. It's not like mm -hmm. he would have been carrying it back and forth. So I caught the word computer and then I was like, wait a minute, was he, you know, was he saying it's in one person's house or the other it one? So. He said commuter, I think. No, he said commuter, but there was a not, he said he was a commuter, but there was something, something, and he also said computer, unless he misspoke. Mm, I don't know, because I thought I heard it too. And then I think I talked myself into thinking it was commuter. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know though. Commuter was definitely in the song because he says yeah. I'm a commuter. So, yeah. I did enjoy. Uh, I mean, they, I wouldn't have noticed the outfits really at all, except for um, when they did, I think they were working out for some reason, and oh, they yeah. definitely had on the workout clothes at the yep. time, and I, yep. oh, made me laugh. Yeah. And when they were playing racquetball, they had on those little shorty shorts yep. with the uh, little pockets. Yep, yep. And yeah, yep. I, yeah. 
that made me smile a little bit. And I, I think uh, the the neighbor's hair was all like a uh, pair of faucet hair. That's it. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm making a gesture of rolling it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was feathered. It was definitely the pair of faucet feathered. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting too, and I don't know that it was needed, but you know, Act One was this big cube and just foam, very simple. Yeah. Um, set design and then in act two it changed yes it did i i don't know if i wanted consistency or if or if i was just searching for a reason that it changed so i think it was the three musicals to begin with and that there were holdovers from them being independent busy musicals so it's possible like the first act was its own musical and there was no set to that and then the second act was Mm. i don't know i have no idea but then the cube came back because at the true. end they took the out that one piece. Up. Exactly. The final, you're right. The final. But I, I don't remember seeing the cube emerging again. They probably misdirected me or something. But um, yeah, the cube came back. And then his life was whole again with just a hole missing. Yeah. You're right. I didn't think about that. I'm all about this cube and the yes, metaphor. Yes, that you are. I didn't pay that much attention. To the <laughs> so I saw them sitting on things and pushing things and yes. Right. <laughs> so I, um, I, if it came to Des Moines, I don't know if I would want to see it, honestly. I don't know that I would either. Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, like, it was not it was too heavy to be enjoyable. Yeah, I felt more that I endured it than I watched or enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, I won't, I won't, yeah, I won't go as far as that. Like, I won't say it's that I endured it because I did, like, I just, um, I just watched it through. One, I think what helped was figuring out there were not going to be any life moments. And it would have been, I, I started, I had, I think halfway through, I shifted over to play mode. It was a play. It wasn't a musical. Oh. You know, I think like I go into uh, like into bins in my head, like play, thoughtful, heavy, dark, you know, musical, happy. And uh, there was not, I was even thinking of Fun Home and Fun Home had heavy content, but it was lightened up, you know. Um, I thought of Fun Home a lot too when I watched it. And I, I don't know if it was because of the kid. Like the kid drew me to Fun Home for some reason. And uh but but I liked Fun Home a lot better. Yes, I did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Fun Home and this I yeah, I, I wouldn't if it came in person, I wouldn't say it. Quite honestly. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't I didn't hate it, but I it's not one of my favorites for sure. I agree. But I like you said, it's it was heavy and it was intentionally heavy. Yes. Yeah. And it didn't go anywhere but heavier. Yes. Not letting you pick musicals again. So okay, you get yeah, to pick no. next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, shall we do 42nd Street for the next one? Give our listeners a preview so they could watch ahead as well. Sure. Is it I don't is know it, anything about 42nd Street? 40, I just know that one song that's 42nd Street. Oh, I let's do it. Okay, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, I also need to take a look, but I know that there's a couple new things coming from Des Moines Playhouse. 
Yes, uh, leaving Iowa is um, going like because they were hosting the audition for it. So I don't know when mm -hmm. the performances actually are. And then this kitty show, Stuart Little. Stuart Little. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll probably the kids and I will probably watch that one at home. Um, that'll be exciting for them. Yep. But yeah, and then uh, Des Moines, Karen and I have booked our tour of the Des Moines Civic Center, which yes. I'm kind of excited about. I I shared with Karen and, and the group that we're going with that I called to ask some questions about them. And there's a gentleman named Christopher at uh, Des, Des Moines Performing Arts. We're now best friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> we talked for probably 10 or 15 minutes about our favorite musicals and what the last musical we saw was and what we think will come in the next season once everything opens back up. It was highly enjoyable. I think um, that the people that run these performing arts like venues are really missing seeing the public yeah. and really missing talking about theater and you know, just sharing that joy with people. And so it was, it was very wonderful. So if you need anything to book anything or ask any questions, I highly recommend you reach out to them. They're happy to talk to you. It was very enjoyable. That's not a bad idea. Just call and be like, hey, I'm here for a chat. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what's going on with you today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, he did, he did predict that uh, Jagged Little Pill will probably come or he really I wants it to whenever they get more shows and he also uh said that six was really good and he hopes that we get that one but we haven't talked about six at all oh okay i'm gonna have to look that up yeah he said it's like a rock concerty kind of thing which makes me think of like rock of ages or whatever uh -huh. um but it's about oh i think i think it's henry the eighth's queens that were all beheaded okay. it's all yep. it's all of them the six okay. of them so like Anne seymour uh, I'm sorry, Jane Seymour, Anne Boleyn, uh, sure. Catherine of Aragon. Um, I just looked up Leaving Iowa is going to be performed February 19th through March 21st. And Stuart Little is um, February 26th to March 14th. Yeah, I think they're in rep. In their own rep. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a theater game night. On January 23rd and the 30th, I'm on the website. Oh my gosh, we totally have to go to this. Okay. Yeah. And listeners, go to this as well, too. Because yeah. um, the nature of the dream should be coming out soon, too, I think. Oh, yes, you're right. Yep. We should we should touch base with Katie on that and see yeah. what's going on over there. All righty. Any final thoughts? Nope. Okay. It's good to see you, Karen. That's a thought. Yeah. yeah. And we will have in two weeks our episode on 42nd Street. So. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little more uplifting than uh, Falsettos was. Yeah, right? Yes. <laughs> you don't know anything about it, so who knows? So. All right. See you okay. later, Karen. Yeah. Bye. Bye.